Hello everyone and welcome back to the Winging It F1 podcast. Adam Dickinson is back with us uh, as he tours the United States and we're here to react to the 2022 Bahrain Grand Prix, the first qualifying session of the new Formula 1 season and what a session it was. We've got Leclerc on pole for Ferrari, Verstappen alongside him. And then it's Sides and Perez behind. And there's so much more to talk about and uh, would be to talk about it all. As I've mentioned, Adam is back. Freddie is here as well. Uh, Freddie, what is your, I guess, summary of the qualifying session we've just had? Oh, I, the thing with F1 recently, we've all been so sort of in a quagmire of disappointment, but it was just nice to have that breathless excitement back from a qualifying session where you don't know who's going to be on pole you don't know who's going to be out in any session every lap is on the ragged edge uh, uh, for want of a better cliche and I was just on the edge of my seat for that session and it really just reminded me that I bloody love this and my kind of main takeaway from that session yeah Mercedes are in the mud yeah McLaren are were good but aren't good. Yeah, Haas out-qualified a Mercedes, but nah, the main the main takeaway from that for me is F1's bloody good. Yeah. Adam? I, I completely agree. It, it's good to be back. It's good to be back just watching and seeing these cars running in anger and, you know, I find that as there's been so much talk over the off-season to actually be back and get the first kind of concrete um, sight of how the teams are shaping up and how the drivers are shaping up in, you know, what's such a competitive grid is just fantastic and there's so much to talk about there's more more to talk about than we would ever have time for today and um, yeah I'm you know I'm looking forward to getting into the main um, meat and bones of it yeah we've got Ferrari on pole position for the first time since 2019 uh, after a horrible well a horrible 2020 last year they recovered quite a lot and then this year they've made uh, 2020 sorry not 2019 uh, they've recovered uh, well, almost completely this year with Leclerc on pole position. Is that a surprise to you guys? Because Verstappen was looking like he was going to be driver to beat and he was beaten, ultimately. Well, it certainly wasn't a surprise to me because that was my predicted top three. I got Leclerc, Verstappen and Sykes and I was pleased about that. But yeah, it, I kind of, to me, it looked like it was going to be a battle between Leclerc and Verstappen. And actually, kind of as, as the session was going through, then um, I... I wasn't feeling that confident in that. I, Verstappen was looking so good. Leclerc just had a couple of errors. He span, he span in uh, free practice as well. And he just didn't kind of have the, you know, he didn't seem as dialed in as Verstappen was. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's why I love qualifying so much, why we love qualifying so much, is it doesn't matter what happened in the first two sessions. And the first, you know, few minutes of, of the last session, it's when it comes down to it and you can nail that final lap. And, you know, Verstappen wasn't able to, to dislodge Leclerc and that was it. So, yeah, it's, um, I think it's fantastic kind of as a visual for the, for the sport. And we're in this new era to have Ferrari back, but, you know, not have kind of the continuation of last year with Verstappen on pole. I think is really good, you know, for the sport as it goes into this new time. We knew there was pace in the Ferrari. We knew um, that the Ferrari engine was a monster. You can tell from where the Alfa Romeos and Hasses were able to end up that that car had a good deal of horsepower pushing it, pushing it around the track. It was whether the Verstappen factor could really help Red Bull. That was what it was to me. Ferrari has been plugging and play from day one, and it's just got better and better. 
Red Bull had a few teething issues, but the Verstappen factor is always there. But I think we, I think for me, I probably miscounted the Leclerc factor. He got pole twice in 2021. So um, in Monaco and, and Baku, two different, but same, but weird tracks anyway. So, and he's a bit of a Bahrain specialist anyway, if you go back to his F2 days and his Ferrari startup days. So I think really, I mean, for me, I probably miscounted Leclerc's excellence and Sainz's excellence as well, for that matter. They're both phenomenal. And I think Verstappen maybe duped us a bit with his Q2 uh, uh, first Q2 first lap, where he was, where that was still the best lap to get him through into Q3. But I think he had a glass ceiling earlier than we expected. Yeah. Just quickly on that, the, the Leclerc factor is like it, he's not kind of been in a competitive car since 2019 and he, that was for one season so it, we've not kind of have had that way marker to compare him against particularly Verstappen and Hamilton so you know I, I agree with you it felt like a bit of a unknown or a bit you know kind of easy to underestimate where where he was with that mm-hmm. yeah absolutely a fantastic effort from Leclerc we all know how good his one lap pace is and he's yeah. proved it once again uh, in Bahrain and this could set the tone for the rest of the season. It could be Verstappen and Leclerc every qualifying session having a ding-dong battle. And that's just fantastic for the sport because they are two of the best drivers on the grid. So we couldn't have really asked much more. Verstappen, he was slightly disappointed, but I think he'll just be happier that we've now had the first qualifying and Red Bull are near the top. So I think that's what he'll be, he'll be most happy with. And he's got a great chance to win the race as well. So I don't think Red Bull will be too just too disappointed. Uh, how do you think Sainz and Perez will be feeling, uh, Freddie? I think Sainz will be disappointed he's not on the front row. He was 3,000th off it. So if he isn't disappointed that he's not on the front row, then that's weird. Um, I, he didn't get his final lap in either. Something happened to him. There was a yellow insector one. We don't know if that was to do with him. Maybe we'll find more out about that overnight going into the race, but who knows? He seemed, it looked like he had to abort his final lap, basically. Um so probably there's probably more in it, which is um, good for Carlos, to be honest. And he's on the clean side of the grid and it's a track which has been incredibly dusty. Yeah, we'd have had uh, four support races by then to have cleaned it up a bit. But that really does will do very little in the dusty, windy desert. So maybe that will give him a give him a hand. But we don't really know. Um, I think Checo, I mean, I was impressed with Checo this qualifying session. He. He was on all sort of his good laps, really. He was within two or three tenths of max. And that's where he needs to be. And that was very good. Um, I think I think we all kind of thought the Rebel would be a bit better on pace. And if it was, I think Checo should have been on the front row. But I think because of the Ferrari pace, I think Checo did all right to be compared to where he is in Verstappen. I think he will be a factor in the race. So I think he, he's not behind the Mercs or Mide in the midfield. So that's good for Checo in my books. Yeah. Adam? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's, I, I was struggling to place him beforehand. I kind of, the Red Bull, um, Checo pairing, I kind of wasn't, wasn't sure how strong, well, we knew it'd be strong, but I didn't know kind of where it would come in that order. And I think to be fourth, as you say, ahead of them and say he's in ahead of the rest of the midfield, although we still really don't know what the midfield is yet or if there is one, but ahead of, you know, the in the top four. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's really strong, you know. And 
he's still he's in a position to influence the race. That's the main thing. And science, you know, again, he's in a he's in the position to potentially fight for the win, which is um, yeah, a pretty good pretty good performance. But you know, he post post race, and he was saying it, I could have had another ten. So yeah. Yeah, we'll come back to Ferrari and Red Bull quickly at the end. But I feel we've got to talk about Mercedes, <clears> arguably <throat> the biggest talking point of the lot because they have won the eight, the last eight constructors' championships. But for the first time in a very long time, they look like they're out of contention, even just to be on the podium if it's if it's a straightforward race. So, what is your take uh, with Mercedes? Because uh, well, it wasn't fully <clears throat> unexpected, but it's still quite quite far down, even though Hamilton did a fantastic job uh, enjoying his laps. Yeah, it's it, it kind of the, the signposts were there. There was I, I I think they will figure out what they're doing and you know, after testing then I thought they might be a bit further on in that process than than they are at the moment. But yeah, they kind of don't to me, it didn't seem like they've kind of advanced too far. Russell and Hamilton have been talking all weekend and since testing really about, you know, the the car's, um, you know, problems and, and not being able to control it or not being able to kind of dial in and get the right, right balance with it. So I think, to be honest, it sounds weird to say, but I think fifth for Hamilton is a pretty good result. You know, given everything that's gone on, they're clearly not able to compete with Red Bull or Ferrari at the moment. So to be fifth, at, you know, at the top of the the next group is probably the best that they could have hoped for. I was surprised that Russell was so low down. I thought he'd be ahead of Hamilton, or you know, but at the very least, I thought he'd be you know within a position or two of him. So that's a surprise for me. But yeah, it's kind of it's it's another indicator that indicator that actually what they were saying beforehand wasn't sandbagging. It was the truth. Yeah, but it's for the first time that really in qualifying we've seen the pressure get to Russell. He, because his he was a second yes. slower in Q three than he was in Q two, that's so the pace is there for him to have been on the third row directly alongside Hamilton, but he wasn't. He didn't make it. Didn't make it stick out of the depth. I mean, had he done his Q two lap time in Q three, he would have been a few hundredths off Hamilton. Not 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 a few tenths off, and not um, four positions off. So it's it's not very good, really. Um, he has been saying how. Basically, he hasn't been able, to, been able to get a balance or a handle on that car at all. And I think really they've been trying to dial back on um, a lot of the sort of obvious issues, the porpoising to name but one. And it's it's kind of impacted their, their bedding in of the driver and the setup that they need to get the best out and get the confidence from the car. Maybe it'll be a bit better on race pace because they'll have been doing things a bit more with higher fuel through testing and through the practice sessions. But at the end of the day, um, wherever they were running that car was not in a confident position for Russell and only took Lewis Hamilton to put it in fifth. Seven tenths off the pole time. His, his fastest time would have been five tenths off the pole time, which I think really, um, looking at the whole session and all the three practice sessions is something magical. Um, but there's a reason um, we've got quite a few decent midfield in inverted commas drivers alongside the Mercedes cars. Mm. I think just with Russell, he's got Alonso Magnus in front of him. That's going to be on the one hand, you know, it's an opportunity for him to kind of show what he can do in the race and, you know, really put down a marker for, 
is Racecraft, which, you know, despite his years at Williams, we've still kind of not, you know, seen the whole of that. But also it's it's going to be really tough ask for him to get past that and kind Let's of, hope. you know, you know, challenge the top five. So it'll be quite make or break. Sorry, Nigel. No, I was just going to say, if Russell is as good as everyone hoped, he cannot afford many more performances like this because it was to be that far down off Hamilton is not good at all. I mean, if that was Bottas, he'd be getting absolutely, you'd get loads of stick because it's Russell, new team uh, and stuff like that. You can forgive him, but we probably yeah. shouldn't really. So... Day one, uh, he deserves well, uh, the benefit of the doubt. Day one, he deserves benefit okay. of the doubt. If this is, I mean, Ricardo is a different matter. Um, this mm. is not day one from Ricardo; it's day four hundred. But in, <laughs> in I don't know, in in, in twenty either. in twenty weeks' time, mm. maybe we'll see. But I'm fascinated to see how Hamilton goes in the race because I think the race pace will be better. That's why I'm kind of awaiting yeah. to like judge Mercedes properly because. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're not on the first two rows, but I'm confident in the race they will be closer. But if they do finish a minute behind, then yeah, I would say there is a bit of a crisis. But I wouldn't get to that stage yet. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure we'll delve into it more uh, post-race with series. But we got to talk about some of the other teams. Haas with Kevin Magnussen in seventh place. Incredible job from Magnussen. First time in an F1 car for over a year. He's Father now as well, beating Schumacher by quite a bit. As uh, Schumacher finished twelfth in qualifying, what a job from Magnussen! I know, Freddie, that you've been singing his praises ever since he announced his return to 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 the sport. Oh yeah, I have been. I think it, it's testament to the guy that he's been able to. I mean, yeah, we all saw that he went very quick in testing on his first day, and you know, we put that down to. Um, a glory run and the fact that it was two hours after everyone else, um, which is the case. But with this, you know, we were tentatively, well, I'd certainly was just tentatively going, it has has pace. It's got points scoring potential. I can't remember where I put it in our season predictions, whether it was fifth or sixth, one of the two was what I was, but I was umming and ahhing with putting it out there. But maybe I should have said fourth because it's it's definitely in this blob that is the, the field, not the midfield. It's um, it's definitely one of the best cars in that in that blob, and K Mag's been able to get the absolute handle on it. And clearly, the way he sort of walked into that team, picked it up just by being K Mag, um, has worked wonders as well. He had a hydraulics issue, and they managed in at the end of Q two. His first Q two lap got him through into Q three, and then he did one go of it in Q three. And he got to seventh place. So <laughs> fair play to the lad. Really good, really good showing. Yeah, no, it's 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 just kind of happy. It's just optimism about Haas, which is just really kind of nice to see. And that's not been the case for a while. And kind of with Magnussen at the end of his um, <clears throat> career at Haas previously, you can kind of see the frustration there. And yeah, it's I. I kind of hoped or had an inkling, as as you said, Freddie, that has you know might go well here. But seventh place and twelfth place, I did not, you know, it, even that would have been beyond my expectations, you know, totally. I think the, yeah, it, it's just really it's staggering that um, the turnaround that they've had from from being so far back last season to being right in right in the tip of the blob, which I'm going to start calling it now. This season, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and 
just ahead of Manson, we've got Valtteri Bottas and Alfa Romeo in six. He's only behind Halton. Mr. Saturday. By, yeah, he's only behind Halton by, what, three tenths of a second, uh, which is a similar margin to how far he, he was behind last year. So, incredible job from Bottas to jump in that car. And Alfa Romeo as well. They didn't have the best test. So, it can only get better as far as I can see. And Guan Yu, uh, Zhou Guan Yu getting out of Q1 as well. So, an outstanding job from them. It's it's like unbelievable. I just didn't kind of expect it. I think there may be, oh, there's a few con- contenders, but I'd put them up there as the team of the day just based off surprise yeah. factor. It's, you know, for, for Joe to be, to get into Q2 is fantastic on his first outing. You know, he's had time in, in F1 cars before, but, you know, the first time in anger and he's already done that, he's great. But Bossas, how about that? I, I just did... You know, I I thought I thought he'd do well for Alfa Romeo, but he did well for most of the teams on the grid. Which is, it, it this is why this is why it's so good to be back. It's like you're finally seeing these things that like you thought, oh, well, you know, it's it's Bottas eh, at Alfa Romeo, eh. and then you see you've gone sick. How amazing is that? It is amazing. This is why we love F1. This is why we love this season so far. It's fantastic. Hundred <clears throat> percent. I think I think um, definitely me and you, Nigel. Uh, said a couple of times in conversations we've had that Fauci Bottas is a good driver and he will do well at Alfa Romeo. And I think, you know, we don't need to worry about that anymore. <laughs> and yeah. I was impressed with Joe Guan Yu as well. Q2, first time out, obviously had his second lap in Q2 um, deleted, but if so, he would have, if not, he would have been ahead of um, Albon and uh, high up really in, in that midfield, mid-pack position. So fair play to him in his first sh- first showing in F1. He's he's not really performed disappointingly. He's performed very encouragingly. And you were saying it's only way up for Alfa Romeo. I think you can definitely say the same for um, their rookie driver. Definitely, yeah. Both Tass and Alfa Romeo can score points in the race. I'm quite sure uh, a team which might not score points, though, is McLaren. Now, some teams go up. Well, as some teams go up, some teams come down. McLaren, unfortunately, they look like they're, what, 7th or 8th <clears throat> fastest car in Bahrain at the moment. So what? Uh, how are they going to be feeling? There's going to be a lot of scratching of heads, I think. Uh, mm, it, it's. I mean, Ricardo's kind of been off the pace all weekend, all through practice. He was, I think, he might have been the only driver in the bottom five for all three practice sessions. And, wow. um, you know, you can... I, you can, you know, he's had COVID and he's had time away from the car, but that shouldn't, you know, that can't kind of gloss over everything. Look but, at Hulkenberg. You know, it, it, you know, it can account for maybe a couple of tenths in his deficit to Norris, but that's it. And on Norris, you know, he we can rely on him to give a kind of representative um, account of how the car is competitively. And for him to be 13th is just, you know, it, it's really... It'll be really disappointing, you know. The teams they're behind, they're behind Alpine, they're behind Haas, they're behind Alfa Romeo, and that's just you know you wouldn't have wouldn't have expected that, or I certainly wasn't expecting that for any of the teams behind Alfa Tauri as well. So, yeah, it's like you say, a lot of head scratching, a lot of um, you know. I think they'll have to go not back to basics, but you know they'll need to take a kind of complete look at their at their performance, and you know maybe it'll all change tomorrow in the race. But from what we've seen so far, they need to. Have a look at what they're doing. If you were to ask me for a top 20 drivers list in terms of performance net qualifying, 
Ricardo would be 19th or 20th. So mm. it's that says a lot really for his performance. Um, and that's even that's obvious in the McLaren car being poor. Um, we can't put it down to their brake issues in test two. That there's because they had a good first test, they had brake issues in second test, but still got 200 laps. Um, and they could have done a lot of short runs. So really where they should be best, it should be the qualifying runs, you'd think. Um, so who knows, really? Who knows what to say to that? I don't I don't have any any tips for them because we don't really know the problems and they're probably going to have to do a few fact-finding missions. It's just going to be a long test of a race tomorrow for them too, I think. Norris, at least, yeah. as Adam says, gave a bit of representation, but who knows? But I think this is, part, I was just say, this is part of the loss of mileage because they did only do 200 laps in Bahrain. Mercedes did 385, which was the most. So they've lost nearly 200 laps worth of data gathering, testing new parts, and it's come back and hit them. So they were going to always be on the back foot. It's just they're perhaps more on the back foot than they thought and, the, and that, that we thought. So this is what happens when you have a bad test. You, you, you're going to go into the season with many more unknowns than, than than other teams and drivers. So it's going to be difficult to claw that time back for them. Uh, and like, like you said, Freddie, the race might not might not be that much better, really. Uh, Adam? It, it's just they're the only team that I can't find any positives for. You know, it's I, at least, you know, Aston have had Hulkenberg doing, you know, a kind of better than could be expected um, performance. but you know, every every other team has had drivers, you know, exceeding expectations. They're just, you know, I can't see any positives for them from this session, which is really damning. Mm, yeah. So the positive is it's the worst it can get for them, but who knows? Mm, but it, is well, it? <laughs> exactly. Hopefully. As I said it, I've questioned it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, are there any other drivers you want to uh, rant or delve into in the final few minutes of this podcast? I want to get. I want to tip my hat to Alex Albon. Alex Albon. Yeah, um, his comeback very good, very good. Um, Martin Brundle said he rustled <laughs> Latifi. Um, I, I think yeah, I think Latifi did have a shocking showing, which didn't necessarily help his perform. Didn't necessarily help his um, initial standing against Albon. But I think Albon did do a very good job. And you know, he we were watching his onboard laps, and he was really definitely getting to the limit of that car. He wasn't. He wasn't looking unsteady and unfit for F1. So I was happy with him. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there. Um, I thought Mick. Alonso in eight. Appearance. Alonso in eight. Very good point. Yeah. Alonso in eighth. And Gasly in Q3 as well. I think that's impressive. Mm. Yeah. Adam, for you? Yeah. On Albon as well. He seemed very happy. It was It was just quite yeah. nice to kind of, he seemed refreshed and he, you know, it, it was really kind of, depressing seeing him at the end of his mm. time at Red Bull but he seems to have kind of put all that behind him um Tsunoda I thought he might be a dark horse to get into Q3 and it was you know it's disappointing I kind of hope that this would be a reset for him but uh, so far it's not kind of panned out like that you know it's one session but it's yeah. the first session and it's not a good start they're the only two that I have actually Stroll 19th and great but that's yeah, I mean for Hulk for Hulkenberg to jump in the car with no testing and beat him, what tremendous job by Hulkenberg once again. It's very similar to what he did 
uh, at Silverstone a couple of years ago when he substituted for Perez, and I think he came 13th in that qualifying session with no practice. So, what what a job by him! It'll be interesting to see how he goes in the race tomorrow. But <clears throat> few final words on the on the battle at the front. Where, where do you think this race is going to be won uh, between Ferrari and Red Bull? Ready? <laughs> I don't know. Um... Bahrain. Yeah, that's, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, these um tires, we don't really know what they're going to do in a race. Um, that's one thing. So that's going to be exploratory. I think, I think it's going to be one completely on track, and I'm, I'm excited to say that. I don't think it's going to be a walkover for either either side. I think both both teams are going to be well in the fight. I know the last time Leclerc and Verstappen started alongside each other in Bahrain, they both finished um in the dirt in the dirt at the end of in lap one and Perez won the race, but we're going to gloss over that. Um, we're going to, we're going to assume we're going to get a bucking Bronco duel between two Ferraris and two Red Bulls that are duking it out for the start of a championship charge that we all hope it is. That, that's it for me is the fact that there's both of them there. I'm really, I think the strategy is going to be absolutely fascinating and um, Red both teams are going to, you know, they, they have so many cards to play in this situation. And when you add the tyre, you know, um, ambiguity into that, then that just adds to it. So I think as much as, you know, it, we weren't on track, but I think it will be one on the pit wall um, just as much. So, yeah, it's I, I'm fascinating. And I think I'm really glad that Leclerc's on pole because I, I, at some point in Q2, then I was thinking if Verstappen's on pole, this could be a bit of a romp. He could walk away with it. And, you know, he could, he could still, but, it kind of opens it up a bit more, I think. Yeah, completely agree. And um, last year's Bahrain Grand Prix was an absolute belter between Hamilton and Verstappen. If yeah. we get something similar this year with Leclerc and Verstappen, that'll be a beautiful way to kick off the 2022 season. One word: Who's going to win the race? Oh, Adam, you want to say something first? Go on, quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, just quickly, yeah. Last season. Um, we said it could be the best season opener ever. I think this could be even better. And Leclerc ah. is going to win. No, Verstappen's going to win. No, Verstappen's going to win. Ready? I'll say science just to, just to be different. I'll say Leclerc just to be different as well then. So All there right. we go. We'll, we'll find out who's right, even though we'll probably forget in our post-race podcast. Don't miss that. Don't miss the race as well. 3pm tomorrow, UK time. Uh, until after the race, we'll see you next time. Bye. Woo!